Hello, JBS viewers. I'm David Harris, and this is Defending Israel. And we have a very unusual guest today. Her name is Julietta Bukhavza. I call her Zhuzhu. And for the last 48 years, she's been my wife. Welcome, Zhuzhu. Thank you. The reason that she's in the studio, as you'll see in a moment, is because of her, her background. She's a Jew from an Arab country. Tell us about where you were born, where you were raised, and what the circumstances were like for you in your native Libya. Okay. Uh, I was born in 1951 in Tripoli, Libya. Tripoli is the capital of Libya. Uh, my family was there, I think, for two generations. Uh, our life was uh, the life of, uh, of uh, people who are not very free, but we live a kind of almost normal in an abnormal way for, uh, for my lifetime, which is I left when I was 16 until 1967 when we were forced to leave uh, and almost killed because of the Six-Day six War. Okay. You were born the same year that Libya gained independence, independence, 1951. Yes. Before that, it had been under British rule. Before that, Italian, Italian rule. rule yeah. So your family chose to stay. Many Jews left Libya by 1951. Why did your family stay? <laughs> it's very funny. Somebody asked me the same question, and uh, I never knew the answer, and I still don't know the answer, because my, my father is one of nine, and my mother was one of uh, four, and uh, in my father's case, I think only three remain in Libya out of nine, so six left, went to Israel. In my mother's case, out of four, two left and two stayed. And when somebody else asked me the same question, I said, I never thought to ask them. And by the time I thought, they, they, they were not there anymore. So I don't know why some people stayed and some people left, even within my family. But looking at the Libyan constitution in 1951, it read like a really wonderful constitution, rights guaranteed for everyone, including the Jews. Was that in fact the case after Ab 1951? Absolutely not, and maybe that's the reason one why within my own family most left. And because some, they didn't believe. Because they didn't believe, and some stayed for reason which I don't understand. But through history, I mean, we don't have to look at my own family or the Jews who stayed. Through history, some Jews decided to leave, and some Jews decided to stay and give it a choice and give it a chance. So, so. So this is a question, I think, that maybe historian can answer. So you were 16 and a half years old when you left in 1967, which means you were old enough to remember your life in Libya. Yes. You said it was normal, but in an abnormal in way. In an abnormal way. Explain that for the viewers. Well, in an abnormal way, because we knew from birth that you were a second-class citizen. You knew that as the a Mus Jew. as a Jew, as a Jew, and then when we have a, sec a second, we can discuss. In my case, because I stayed there until I became a teenager, what it was to be a woman in a Muslim country. But now let's talk about being Jewish. Being Jewish, you knew you were a second-class citizen. 
you knew that there were things that, that nobody said, but you had to do, like you, you, had, you, you don't walk around with Magen David. You, uh, our boys, our bra I have two brothers, we are six sisters and two brothers. Uh, one of them was able to do a bar mitzvah there, but you know, you do it in hiding. You, don't, you, you, you take your books uh, to go and learn in hiding. We had synagogues, it's true. But it was, I, I, I don't even know how to explain it because with us to so normal. But you knew nothing else. So in that sense, it was normal. Absolutely normal. We knew, we knew it was not normal. For example, we went to Italian schools. And as an example, uh, when the geography books came from Italy, we always had to wait longer than every other book. Why? Because there was no chance because any picture or any, um, how do you say? Uh, um, reference. Reference or de la carta geografica. Yeah, any, a map. Any map had to be removed. Because of Israel. Because of Israel. So you got books that some pages you could see already, they, they were going to be removed. Oh, they were cut out. And they cut out. And, um, and we knew, for example, when Sophia Loren made the movie, she was boycotted, she couldn't come anymore. And then there was because? this... Because she made the movie in Israel. Wow. And even though so it was no an contact Italian, with Israel? No, you no, cannot no, no say... No discussion of Israel? No, and, and the, the family, the brothers of my mother and my uh, father, who made Aliyah, made Aliyah, I mean, they went in these boats and everything, hiding, they could never write us. They could never write us, and they had, uh, they had uh, secret names, Italian names, and they, went, they wrote to some friends or somebody in Italy, and in Italy they sent us. And they, they read, like, hi from Italy, I'm here, I'm in Milano, I'm in Rome. Nobody could know that, that the family went to Israel. And even the Jews that they were there, they were afraid if they ever went even to Europe and to meet these people. I remember my mother had to meet somebody, and I remember now it's, it's, it's tragic or funny, uh, that she had to wear a, a, a blonde wig to meet these people at the airport in Rome. Do you know this story? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she even had after 48 years, I'm learning new things. Yeah, she had to wear a, a, a blonde wig. So, so we knew all this happened. And we lived it because we thought we had no choice. And the truth is that, that um, in a horrible way, uh, we had to, at least my family, that, that I cannot talk for all the other Jews, I had to go to Italy, uh, I'll tell you, in order to understand what freedom was. Right. Because we never knew what it was. We just lived it as normal. So before we get to 1967 and the decisive year for, for you, for all the Jews left, you, you spoke about being a young woman in a predominantly Muslim country. By 16, you were, you were fully formed as a young woman. What were you referring to? I'm referring to the fact that, uh, and, and this is why, I mean, I cannot even imagine of, of the Israel in the hand of these people, the hostages, uh, you have to understand, these, these were people that they were raised, that their women cannot be seen. The, women, the Muslim population. The Muslim population, the Muslim population, the Arab Muslim population. Their the, the women cannot be seen. So I remember here you see them with the burqa or whatever, 
in my time, they will walk with what they call as dad, this thing. Yeah, you might in one of the Kind of head pictures. covering? Of yeah, but, but I remember one eye was uncovered. That's all, that's all you could yeah, see? Yeah, all you can see. So they were frustrated. And then there were people like me, my sisters, I'm one of six sisters, my cousins, who went to Italian school, who don't forget that at the time, uh, by the time I left, we had um, American influence, we had French influence, we had uh, um, um, all this European influence. So we, we went to Italian schools, we were normal. Western clothes. So what happened when you walked in the street, not only they tried anywhere, I mean, <laughs> don't embarrass my boys, my sons, but I, I can count millions of times where they will just pretend and they'll come and touch your breast like this, or they, cut your, they touch your behind. But worse than that is their uh, anger because maybe the women could not do it. On doing that, they didn't compliment you. They called you a whore a prostitute, a dog, a, an infidel, because they, they craved your clothes, but they hated you for having the freedom to wear the clothes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a shrink, but that's the only way I can, I can describe it. And it's very funny because once we left, we sisters and cousins, we were discussing it, and we were just giving, giving things, oh, 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 and then they will expose themselves. To you, if if you walk, they have to expose this themselves. Was e even on the streets or even on the beach, on the or yeah, of course they find the corner and they expose. So we were we were trying once we were free. Uh, how many times did they do that to you? How many times they touch you? So thank God, because it was done to all of us. We found a way to 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 almost joke about it, but it's something that stays with you. Mm -hmm. So hold that thought because I want to get to sixty-seven. Okay and the build-up to the Six-Day War, June 1967. Libya is 1,500 miles away from the war, from the conflict. But what happened to the Jewish community in June of 1967? Well, first, first I have to, to, to make a point, uh, which is very interesting if you look at history. So Italy, we had our king, which was a, a weak, but, but almost benevolent to the Jews, but he had not much power. The power in Libya was Abdel Nasser, who was the, the president of, 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 uh, Egypt. of Egypt. And the interesting thing is that Egypt was so poor, so poor compared to Libya. I remember- you had oil. Because we had oil. I remember studying the history of Libyan geography, and we used to say, and we are the sixth exporter of oil in the world. And a small population and a, small and a big popula country. And a big country, and beautiful seaside, and old antiquity, you know, like uh, Leptismania. Ro Ro Roman antiquities. Yeah, beautiful, because, you know, I Libya went through a lot of things, which is an interesting, a lot of conquest and a lot of didn't belong to the Including Arabs. Including an Arab conquest. Yeah, that, that's what the, I'm the saying. The Arabs are not the original people. Absolutely not. They are people like talk about indigenous people today. Are the Arabs in Libya Absolutely indigenous? Absolutely not. The, the, before that, before the Arab took it, it was in the hands of the Berbers. The Berbers. 
the Berbers. And the Jews also preceded. We preceded the Berbers, absolutely. We okay, preceded so the Berbers. Back to 67. So back to 67. Gamal Abdel Nasser is the president of Egypt. He has a pan-Arab view. Pan-Arab view, and 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 he's basically mesmerizing this small country who is so rich they can buy all of Egypt. But, but this, this is what is fascinating to me. So I remember going to the movies, always Italian or American or British movie, and seeing the reels. The newsreels. The newsreels. And, 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 and this is where the few Arabs that they were there, you, you will see them. They will come like insanity screaming. And you will see my Arabic, because I studied Italian, so Arabic was my second language. But I remember this repeat, El Sionia, which literally means the Zionist enemies. The Zionist enemies. So by the time 67 arrived, they were already in this frenzy, and now we discover from people that were murdered that there were also Egyptians there. So weeks before, I mean, I, I don't know the time, the whole thing is so confusing. They were already signed that things were not good. Already they will close the, clo the, the clo uh, school and tell us to go home. My father will go to work one day, and a few days he wouldn't. There, there was this sense of, uh, of turmoil, this sense of fear. And, and you know how some memory stays in your mind? I remember going with my older sister in the street, which my mother told us, please don't go, just go there. And these young Arab boys, they looked at us, and usually, no, they will want to touch or they will do, they just did like this to us. We are going to kill you, which is basically the modus operandi. They, they love to cut the throat of people they don't like. It's history and, 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 they were, and they're showing us without any embarrassment. So there was this, this, this sense of thing, the Jews used to call each other, and then 67 happened. And uh, we couldn't even talk, to, we couldn't even call to people. And all I remember of that day, which horrible, was morning, I don't remember what time, we were all at home, and this big mob came. To your house? To our house. We had a garden. This big mob came and uh, they wanted to burn alive. So I mean, you, were, you were eight children, eight and, children and your my, parents? And my mother and father. Ten people in this home. In this and home. And this mob came, all yeah. men, I assume. All men, of course. Of course, all and men. And they wanted to burn it down because you were Jews? With Jews. Not burn it down. They say, we want to burn you down. So this is why what happened in October so burn 7. You. It doesn't Kill surprise me, yeah, they burned them alive. And what saved us was uh, this guy that was with them, which I never know why, because if he was with them, why he saved us? Uh, two things, my mother, very smart, my mother in the family, jokingly, we call her a Taliban because she was raised with the Arabs, she's more Arab than them, she passed away now, she knew the psychology. So the thing she did, which I did not understand at the time, she pushed my father away and she pushed us four girls away. Because she four knew... Four girls or six? Uh, no, four, the four oldest oh, ones. We are four ones and then there are the two boys and two girls, thank you for... that they are the youngest one. They were almost... Uh, and, uh, and she pushed us away 
and she confronted them with the four young ones. And she basically begged and pleaded, and she said, what do we know about Israel? We don't know Israel, we are Arab like you. And then, the way my mother says, because I don't remember, I just remember as a nightmare, somebody told me I scream, I, don't, I can put my hand in a Bible, I never scream, but if the, my siblings told me, my mother described it as a miracle. And when she described it, she's very flowery in her language, she says, like a miracle happened, and they start putting the, the thingies, matches. the matches inside the boxes. And they went away with the guy that supposedly saved us. Now, years later, I thought that maybe he pretended, maybe he really wanted to save us, but then why was there? Or maybe he was planning to come back with Elon, because he knew we were young girls, whatever. But what happened, this is all I'm, I'm now thinking, I didn't think for years. What happened that we were lucky, my mother had this wonderful, wonderful friend, Abdel Hamid Baderna, who was, who was this Arab, wonderful, very erudite, he used to come with my father, listening to music, etc. And, and she called him, and she said, Abdel Hamid, you have to come and save us. And he sent us a driver that day, we dressed all as Arab, and we went to his house. And we were saved, we stayed yeah. in his house for about two weeks. Okay. And while you were in the house, did you have any news of what was happening in Israel? Well, that, that is interesting, you know, how they say the more things change, the more they stay the same. And what happened is very interesting because it brings us back with all this thing that's happening now. So when we arrived in the house, it was the typical Arab house. So we girls stay with my mother in a, in a women thing with his wife and his daughter. And we just had an Arab radio. And my father stayed with the, with the husband, with the man, uh, in this beautiful, elegant place with TV. And they had the Italian news, the French news, whatever. And one day I just went to visit my father. And he was there enjoying. And I said, Papa, why are you in such a good mood? He said, why shouldn't I be? We are saved. I said, yes, but Mama is in the other corner crying her head out. And he said, why? I said, because she's hearing in the Arab news that the, that the um, uh, uh, Egyptians killed every Jew. And in Israel, that they, in is they destroyed the army. They destroyed the, the army. army, they destroyed them. My father told me, go whisper to your mother that this is all lies. Israel is winning, is one of the best victory. And the Egyptians are walking, are, are running without shoes. But your shoes. father had news from the BBC or Voice of America. My father had the and BBC. You only had the, the and we only Arab had, news. and very quickly, I know I don't have much time, the interesting thing that we were told months and months later that the Arabs in Tripoli um, went and, uh, and start throwing things at the radio to destroy it because they blamed the radio for telling them the, the bad news. Okay. We don't have a lot of time left, no, and there's, there's a big story here. So everyone talks about Palestinian refugees. Oh. You were a Jewish refugee. What's your thought about this discussion about the Palestinian refugees now? And why is there so little conversation about the Jewish refugees from Arab countries? 
uh, I, I was thinking, people ask me that, and, the only and the only, my only answer is that we never wanted to be victim. When I think about it, my family with a lot of other, we arrived in Rome in uh, 14th of, of July. The 16th of July, I had a job. I was 16. You were 16 years old. I was 16 years old. Me and my other, the Roman Jews, gave us a job was very little, was 30 pounds. Oh, by the way, we were let go, which is very important, with uh, a, a hand, um, suitcase. a suitcase and 30 pounds per person. By Libya? By Libya. They told us that's either it. that, that's it. they took everything it. else? Everything, the furniture, the ha even our dog, Bobby, we couldn't bring it with us. We left so everything. So they took everything? They took everything, okay. because the alternative, either that or we put you in a camp. Who's the stupid person that's going to go in a camp take, taking care of the same people who killed? Were th when you left, are there any Jews left in Libya today? No, not, not even one. one. No, not one? No, 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 no. So no. you're saying that the Jews who who fled the Arab world, like Libya, moved on, settled in new countries, Israel, Italy, wherever, went to work. Went to work. And yet the Palestinians? The, what I always say that our victory and the fact that we came out uh, not defeated by what happened to us. We all came out, we went to countries, if one does a statistic like us in Italy, Roma, Milano, we, we went there, we walked. Most of us opened business and they gave work to their local. We were always good and appreciative of what the Italian did, the people that came to the state. So we were, we were victorious in our tragedy. But what is, what is terrible how now, when I look at it, our um, strength became our weakness. Because we didn't want to complain. We did, this is why I'm talking now. You, you, you are my husband. I did, you, you, you asked me for years. I just started sure. because I am so upset of the injustice. And it's happening all over again. It's happening in Israel. We, you, you, people love victims. We did not want to be victims. We are paying the price now because nobody knows. And by the way, for the record, I would love to go to the United Nations and put a big bag and say now, the almost one million people who were kicked out from our country, from our places in the Arab world, should put their key and the Palestinian who, I'm sorry, I know I should be more, who are walking around the world with their keys because their house, and they should put their key is in a box. To be clear, and let's the, see. The keys that they believe are from the, the yeah, houses they, that they left or fled. Yeah, so, so let's see how many keys, because everybody talk about proportionality, proportionality. So let's say proportionality, how many keys we, we have and how many keys they have. But we never discuss it. We never, we but, never but complain. You said something very powerful. You said your strength of moving on became your weakness 100%. because you refused to be victims. Let's fast forward because time is not our friend here. October 7th, how did you react? October 7th was, 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 was uh, not just for me. I'm, I I'm one of eight and we, we are always in touch. And, for and all of us. Several of your sisters made Aliyah yeah, to Israel two years the, ago. Yeah, two are in with Israel. With their own families. Yeah, and their own family, and they're, they're running from one place to another. And one, one shelter to another. Shelter to another, and they're saying things that, that I, I was shocked 
nobody mentioned in the, in the United Nations, that the North and the South, the people are running to the center. So, so we, have, we have refugees in Israel internal, now. One, internal Jewish refugees. Internal, I mean, if one was, because everybody loves to use the word refugees. So it brought but, back a lot of memory, it brought back, I mean, the I mean, fact. I know you pretty well. I saw you, in a way, suffering from perhaps post-traumatic stress yeah, disorder yeah, yeah. In fact, I, on October 7th and the days after. Yeah, in fact, you could have been one of those girls. The, the mob that came to your house in June of 1967, the fear that you had, and then seeing it live through yeah. the images from Israel. Yeah, very difficult. Oh, right. I mean, it's difficult for every Jew, but we lived it. And my heart breaks for the girls because I know what it is to be a woman in the hands of this, this beast. I cannot call them beasts because beasts kill only with their hungry. So I, I don't know how to. Anyway, so I to cry. Uh, my guess is that most JBS viewers. Um, have rarely met Jews from the Arab world, and even fewer have met Jews from Libya who spent much of their, their life through their teen years. What's your message to American Jews uh, today? Should have been the first question. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I think it's appropriate perhaps as the last question. Yeah, What's your uh, message? My message is to open their eyes. I, I, you know, it reminds me, you know, his, what they said, if you don't learn from history, you are, you are condemned to repeat it. And, and I see it. I, I have friends of mine who don't understand. Uh, American Jews. American Jews, yeah. No, I, I, you know, uh, my mother always say, if you're sick before you go to a doctor, go to a person who was sick first. The, 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 the Arab Jews, we, we were sick countries. before, yeah, for Jews from our, we were sick before to, to do my, so we know, we know what it is that we're going through, we know what these people want. The American Jews, not all of them, they still live in this bubble in which they think they're first American and then they're Jews. But, but if, if they follow history, they know that this is not what it is. I see a naivete, um, almost a hubris. I, I, I see friends of mine, for example, acquaintances by now, acquaintances who never put anything on Facebook about what happened to Israel. Why? And then, I don't know, and then they are upset, I don't know, for something that some politician wrote or, or said. And, and it's like if what is happening to Israel and to now in America, I see things that is scary. I mean, you know how many people told me, hide this? This is what we used to do in Libya. We never wear it. The fact that after reaching freedom, now in New York, people tell me, hide it. I mean, it, it, this has such incredible meaning. And if Jews don't understand which point did we reach, then we are, we are condemned to, to, to relieve it. I mean, it's the, the, I get very emotional. So, <laughs> so uh, no, I, I think, I think um, at this point, by the way, if somebody tells me what I'm most scared of, I'm not scared of Hamas. I know who they are. I know Israel know who they are. I know it's going to be horrible and long and 
and a lot of innocent people, including soldiers, are going to die, but Israel is going to survive. I'm more worried about the ignorance of the Western world. We are Jewish and non-Jewish. And non-Jewish. The West is going destroyed by the ignorance of the Western world. I really think we should put them all like in, in, in places and teach them history, just history, just follow. Follow. They, they, I, I mean, when you see young people walking in New York and, and removing the American flag and putting the Palestinian flag, the moment you let them do that, I, I mean, what is going to be next? I mean, a scary time. And what is scary is the fact that Jews don't under, some Jews don't understand it, and the Western world doesn't have the strength or the courage to stand up. Let's hope that you're proved wrong. But, I but, hope, but I hope. I have grandchildren. What a children. powerful warning. And what a strong note on which to end this program with lots more questions and lots more subjects that I wish we could have discussed. But I want to thank my wife, Julieta Juju Bochopsa, for being here. It was not easy for her. It was emotional for her. But her story was incredibly important for all of us to hear. I'm David Harris. This is Defending Israel. Am Yisrael Chai.